You are Locked On MLB, your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast where we talk about all of Major League Baseball, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully on this episode, which is being dropped on the 17th day of January 2020. We are talking with Craig Toth of Bucks in the Basement, diehard Pirates fan, but we're talking about all things that are going on in baseball, which, let's face it, is kind of sort of bananas. This show is available on the free and easy-to-use Himalaya podcasting app. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Player FM, Podbeam, all the places you get your podcasts. You know how to listen to podcasts. You're listening to one right now. Maybe you're on the website. Maybe you're at the site, which is LockedOnMLB.com. Or when you're getting to your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB, then both hands on the wheel, 10 o'clock, 2 o'clock. I don't want any accidents listening to this show. Hey, go follow us on Twitter and on Instagram, where it is Locked On MLB. And both of those, uh, Eric and everyone at Locked On is doing great, great stuff, some fun things going on for, you know, which players are are most locked on you see you can vote you can participate a lot of fun things are happening you can follow me i'm your pal sully i'm at sully baseball on twitter sully baseball podcast on instagram and check out bull durham minute on your podcast podcast catcher say that three times fast and you can have fun listening to me talk with a lot of cool people about the movie bull durham so hey uh i hinted at it and i'm and i here i am bringing it up we have a guest on the line from the Bucks in the Basement podcast, diehard Pittsburgh Pirate fan. I believe he's, oh, you're wearing your Bucks in the Basement hat right now from Absolutely. an undisclosed basement somewhere in the United States of America. Craig Toth, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me on, Sully. I appreciate being here, man. Absolutely. Well, you're a diehard Pirates fan, and for those of you who say all I do is focus on the Red Sox, Yankees, and something, we're going to talk Pirates in detail in an upcoming episode. So hang tight. But Craig Toth is on the line with me. We were scheduled to talk Pirates anyway, but holy Toledo, everything's gone bananas. And so since you and I are on the line right now, let's talk about this. Every day you look up and some this whole – crazy or who's stealing this that or the other thing it just is it's snowballing into something into like a scorsese film at this point yeah and people are looking for stuff that's not even there they're saying they're carlos beltran's niece or cousin or whoever they thought they were saying that he was wearing some sort of thing they're showing videos of yeah. altuve rounding you know into home plate trying to not get his jersey ripped off <laughs> pictures of mics on the shoulder i mean there's just like stuff everywhere and it's just it's insane and then you got three managers gone in in a matter of a week like how many times does that ever happen in baseball this is you know the i made a throwaway comment that it's like a scorsese film but all of these scorsese images are popping into my head now mainly from goodfellas and casino like i'm not picturing anything from the aviator or the gangs of new york right now but like i'm thinking of i don't know if you remember there's a scene in casino where the de niro catches the two dudes who are sending like morse code to each other by kind of tapping their their 
um, heel that they they're or tapping their the inside of their leg where they have like a, an elaborate Morse code thing and they wind up stripping down the dude's pants and he sees all these wires and someone was pointing out that Altuve didn't want the reason he didn't want his shirt ripped off of his body after he hit the home run off of Aroldis Chapman to clinch the pennant this last October was because it would expose the wire that was on his chest. And we're now at a point where that's not out of the question. I'm not saying it's real, but can you automatically turn it down after everything we're learning? No, there's nothing I can, uh, I can think right now that I would, I would say is out of the realm of possibilities. I mean, they might be putting up bat signals or something over top yeah. of the, the, the stadium. Who knows? But the biggest thing to me in this whole thing that I just can't I keep I can't get out of my head, Sully. I really can't get it out of my head. The players admitted to cheating, correct? Yeah. Yes. That's in the report. Yeah. And they were not punished because. Uh, I think because it would be, I think the fight with the union would be too tough. I guess I don't know. I, I'm not the uh, I'm not the legal expert. This is not locked on legal. It's. Uh, it's not locked on labor <laughs> negotiations. That, that wasn't a labor negotiation question. I wasn't trying to throw you off there. No, no. no. Welcome to locked on collective bargaining, where we talk about collective bargaining all year. No, I don't know the answer. And, the, and it does seem kind of sort of bananas that this idea that if they were doing something like, look, I'm not going to get into the topics of, of comparing it with all the, the serious stuff that I did the other day. We are just having an all-out discussion of this lunacy. Now, oh, if, if let's say, let's, let's take a player from the, from the Astros. Let's say, like George Springer, for example, if his bat exploded, was filled with cork, or was filled with rubber balls or whatever, uh, he could be suspended for that. So if that, and that's because of a form of cheating. If yes. someone, if an Astros pitcher, you know, if Garrett Cole had an emery board in his back pocket the way that uh, Joe Necro got caught with his, you know, or if you had someone had the globs of, uh, what was it, Pintar, Pintar that the neck. aptly named, almost his name was almost named Pintar, Michael Pineda, uh, you know, that he had in that game, then, you know, then he could be suspended. So the idea of someone not being able to be in trouble because they're cheating. I don't see – this seems worse. I mean, well, those are kind of fun and silly and whimsical. This is high-tech Tom Cruise being lowered on a wire sort of stuff. Yeah, and this is the part that's getting me is that in the whole report, and I, I, I'm one of those dorks that actually read the entire report, and <laughs> I, stopped at, I stopped at the end of it and I thought, if I was sitting in a, in a, in a classroom, I was sitting in a classroom yeah. and I had the answers to the test in my pocket, but let's just say it was the answers to test A instead of test B because you always have to fill in that little bubble or whatever. Right. And I filled it in for test A and I had the ones for test B mm -hmm. and I was found with that in my pocket. Would I not get in trouble for that because yeah. I tried to cheat? Yeah. Well, it's the Dateline thing. They they lure the guys into the the house and they think they're about to commit some sort of a crime, and just showing up is a crime. 
You know, Absolutely. that's that's a, it's a, it's almost like a sting operation. By the way, you just we were bringing up Scorsese films earlier, or I was at least. You just described a scene from Animal House where they stole the wrong test, and so they they came back and said all of our questions were wrong, and so. Uh, we're trying to make as many dated movie references as we can here on Locked On MLB. That's will that will increase listenership and, and get the clicks up. But we're at the point of I mean I'm just thinking specifically of Casino and Goodfellas and also Wolf of Wall Street, where's that that scene where like the feds come in and everyone gets arrested, and you see the dominoes fall. Well, who's fallen? Cora's fallen, uh, and obviously Lunau. And Hinch fell, and Beltran stepped down today. And I look at whether or not he was going to be punished as a player or not. This was one of those things. And I talked about it in a previous episode. This is just damage control. They, there's enough bad press with the Mets that they can't deal with. Here's our new manager. Introduce him to the spotlight, and this be the thing that overwhelms the spring training. And I, I did I mean, it's almost a, just a positive public relations move to just say, we're not going to invite this zoo to our spring training. Yeah, because I had heard, uh, I read somewhere, or I had heard somewhere that they basically said that they knew he was a part of it, but they weren't sure that he was going to be specifically named in it. Right. And once his name came out and he was pretty much the, the ringleader <laughs> of, of starting the whole thing where he was just like, hey, guys, I got this idea. You know, Alex Cora may have helped him, you know, execute it, but he was the one that came up with the idea. Right. At that point in time, I don't know how you can have that guy be your manager. And I don't want to ever say I, I feel bad for a team, but I, I kind of feel bad for a, a fan base because as a Pirates fan, we went through something where we were behind – you know, the eight ball as far as hiring people and everything. And this is, this is way behind the eight ball. I mean, they are, we're like, what, 27 days away from yeah. you know, pitchers and catchers reporting. Yeah. And now you have to find a new manager. And are you going to get somebody from an existing team? Or are you going to get somebody that you interviewed previously? Like, who are you going to get to be your manager? And this whole thing just blows my mind at this point in time I would just basically say Dusty Baker you go here Buck Showalter you go here and not even worry about interviewing anybody else I mean that would be my solution to the the problem I actually I think there's a lot of wisdom to that that you want to have someone who at least has been in a high profile situation before even if they're just there as a stopgap even if you say look at you're here for this year we're not you're not our long-term solution you're here to weather this storm if they wind up being great then fine um that's kind of why we had jim riggleman for a while to just stick him into managerial positions (laughs) (laughs) in case of emergency break class and pull out jim riggleman but no, I think that's that's pretty smart, and I think that if you bring in someone who was interviewed before, that wouldn't they? They would just basically feel like, you know, I don't know. I mean, uh, like this is they're getting sloppy seconds in a way. I mean, I don't know if that's an offensive term or not. It probably is now, but but that's uh, what it would feel like. And and you're, I, I was I joked on Twitter that the. Uh, Major League Baseball as part of the punishment should have to force 
the Astros to hire Grady Little and the Red Sox to rehire Bobby Valentine as part of their punishment. Uh, but I think that uh, well, so, see here here in Pittsburgh, we're basically saying we'll send you uh, Neil Huntington and Clint Hurdle and uh, <laughs> and, ha- and and have fun Astros. Yeah, pitch the, pitch the contact, baby. Pitch the contact. Pitch the contact. Good lord. So well, that's you know, and and I, I look at this affected my team. I'm a Red Sox fan. I never hide that fact. Uh, I and I said on the pod, I talked in November that I thought the Red Sox are probably involved in this and, and in one way, shape, or another. And certainly Alex Cora would be involved in it. And the minute this came up, look, at I had so much fun in 2018. I had a lot of fun with that team. Um, but, you know, you have to do this. You know, you got caught cheating. And this is the consequences. And so even though I'm a Cora fan – and I will be thankful for what he did with the Red Sox and for giving me a wonderful summer. Yeah, this was, uh, this is the, you can't go into spring training with this hanging over this head. And chances are he was going to be suspended anyway. So it was the, the point would be moot. But I, I'm going to go on a limb here. I, I wasn't there when he interviewed for the job when he came over the Red Sox from the Astros. But I have a feeling he didn't disclose this in the interview. <laughs> It probably wasn't. Probably, what's the what's the what's the worst thing you've ever done in your job? Have you ever stole ever ever of those questions where like, have you ever stolen a pencil or a pen yeah. from work or something? And I'm answer, pretty sure he'd be like, oh, no, no, I'm good. Never did anything. The answer is always, I think my worst quality is I work too hard and I stay too late and and I put too much of myself into the job. That's my worst quality. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's <laughs> probably what he said. And well, well, here's you heard the guy I feel bad for, and this is like out of the out of the blue, high and bloom, like he comes over, yeah, yeah, and comes over to try to take over for you know the quote unquote mess, and I won't call it a mess because that's what everybody else calls it. But whatever the situation that uh, Dave Dombrowski left, mm-hmm. and you have high and bloom that's coming in. Who wants to deal with the Red Sox right now? No. Everybody's staying away from the Astros. The Red Sox. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that the Rays. I mean, made a under the radar trade with the uh, the Astros um, right after they made the uh, the big trade to the Cardinals. But for the most part, I mean, those teams have been pretty quiet on the uh, the trade market, other than Cole leaving. I mean, nope, they're not really trying to get anybody do anything. Yeah, I kind of, I, that's a guy I kind of feel bad for because he was finally getting a shot as a GM, which he truly deserved and now he's stuck in press conferences trying to explain away a guy that he didn't even hire or had nothing to do with you know what happened with him well I also wonder one thing with the Red Sox and I and I have said this before that in over the uh over the time since Henry took over the team and the new ownership took over in 2002 ever since then the Red Sox have had all the sentimentality and all the cute and cuddliness of Michael Corleone at the baptism. Basically, just absolute cutthroat, no emotion, willing to shoot Fredo in the boat. Yeah, I'm dropping lots of mafia movie references. We've gone from Scorsese to Coppola here, but but they've had that mentality. And I don't care how much sentimentality you had we're willing to drop Damon, Garcia Parra, Pedro Martinez, 
Manny Ramirez, all the people who contributed to titles at the drop of a hat if they feel that it will improve them in the long run. And there have always been moments like, oh, we love Johnny Damon. How can you leave him go? And a few years later, everyone's in love with Jacoby Ellsbury and there's another title because they know that they'll keep coming back for the titles. And even after the disastrous Bobby Valentine season, they shed a lot of people and they, you know, they won the World Series the next year with a lot of hired hands. They probably look at this in a weird way as cover, that they want to dump a lot of salary, even if it means costing Mookie bets, because they don't want to pay the luxury tax. And they also know that they want to shed a lot of this and sort of hit the big, the proverbial reset button. All right, fans, you got titles in 2013, 2018. We're going to take a few steps back, cool it a little while. And a lot of people, myself included, thought, you can't do that. I mean, you set up this wonderful core. But now with, oh, it's a mess, we lost Cora and everything, and you know what? We're just going to take a step back, and I think this gives them cover to do that. And Red Sox fans will get angry, but next thing you know, they'll win the 2023 World Series with a totally different team, and no one will remember that they were angry this year. So I have a feeling that there's going to be some purging going on in Boston, and the this gives the front office the sort of backhanded route to go there. Yeah, it gives them. It gives them the the. It can exit out the back door. Like exit, yeah. ex, exit stage left. It's like okay, <laughs> you know, and scene, and just pull it down and just be done with it. And I, but I just, it's just a bad situation in all of baseball. And yeah. it's I don't know the the way that I'm looking at it now is the the good that can come out of this, and the reason I'm looking for the good that can come out of this is because I I, I I'm a Pirates fan. I have to look for good in oh. terrible places. The glass, the glass is barely moist with you. I get it. You yeah, know. yeah. So, but my biggest thing is, is hopefully this pulls uh, the players and you know, and owners and everybody close together so that we can avoid a stoppage. Yeah. And hopefully, this will stave off the idea of cutting minor league baseball. Those are my right. two big things that it could be positive coming out of this. And I kind of try to focus on that, and and I can take that from a you know, a bird's eye view because I'm a Pirates fan. And of course, obviously we weren't cheating because <laughs> we won, we won, we won 69 games last year. So we were not cheating and we, you know, haven't been good since 2015. So. Well, let me say, if you were cheating, you were not doing it well. You were like the, the person you mentioned before who got the test that was the wrong test. So. Yeah. We uh, were actually, we were actually giving the other team the signals instead of like <laughs> trying to gather them ourselves. You're I mean, watching the wrong videos. You broke into the wrong video room and you're saying, Oh, I think I got the signs. The Marlins. But uh, yeah, that's uh, well, I hope so too. And I hope, and I will say this and I've, and I've been joking about this before. I love these kind of controversies because they're about the game and playing the game and uh, you know saying shenanigans makes it sound like I'm dismissing them but at the same time it's not life or death it's one of the reasons why I found the whole deflate gate thing to be hilarious because it's not about crimes being committed or illegal things that could involve the police that was about someone deflating footballs this is about stealing signs and so you can get mad at it because it takes away the sense of it's not fair in the sense of sports and i find that to be more fun and enjoyable than some of the other things which are you know truly 
have consequences in life beyond the game. And I'm hoping that these are the things that usually galvanize people and maybe it will you know, crack down on some of the, the illegal stuff was going on. I know the Red Sox were like, weren't they using like Apple watches to pull yeah, things they, they off? They say they couldn't tell if it was an Apple watch or if it was a, uh, a Fitbit. It was something. It was God knows what it was. It was the first time Apple watches were ever used positively in anything. And it was in the Red Sox trying to steal signs. And what was that 2017? when they lost to the Astros in the postseason. Hey, maybe there's a connection there. Well, look at man. This was fun talking about this. And, you know, I, I have a feeling it's, I have a feeling it's not done. I have a feeling there's more people involved. I'm feeling there's more suspensions involved. And I have a feeling what it will do is galvanize people to say, hey, do you know who was also cheating? And we'll see that it was not just these two teams, of course. But well, there's it no will, way we can see two teams. Oh no! Uh, I never believed it. I never believed it was just the Astros. I threw my own team under the bus. So, but there's no way you could vacate the championship. There's no, no. way you could, if we if we still call the Reds the 1919 World Series champion after the Black Sox scandal, then we're still calling the Astros this. And let me tell you, as someone who hates Aroldis Chapman, uh, I will say that the cheating that they did, if it led directly to him not only giving up the Altuve home run, but letting up a walk-off hit in the 2007, 2017 ALCS, then do you know what? It was worth cheating for those two moments, for my, for my vantage point. As a classic <laughs> Yankee hater, it led to two ALCS losses to the Yankees, and they may not have been on the line, but do you know what? I don't care. You don't get those back. <laughs> I'm a petty man, Craig Toth. Not, you know what? I, 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 just, I just, I just looked at. I thought of our of of Chapman's face just when he gave that up to Altuve. He's just like, "Yep, that was a bad pitch." Yep. Or was that little grin going? You guys were banging the trash can, weren't you? <laughs> you, you got that massage gone out, didn't you? Uh, and as I said. If nothing else comes out from the scandal, I get to learn that a massage gun is a thing. I never heard of a massage gun before this damn thing. So, all right. Well, look at Craig Toth. Where can people find your stuff? Well, they can find me. Uh, I'm at Bucks Basement on Twitter, uh, Bucks in the Basement on Facebook, Bucks in the Basement on Instagram, and honestly, uh, I also write for uh, SI Pirate Maven. Uh, contributing author. All right, great. Well, you check all that out, it's, whether you're a pirate fan or not. And it's good to always learn about the pirates. And man, I hope they turn something around this decade too. But uh, we'll talk a little bit specifically about pirates. You listen to Locked On MLB. Uh, Craig will be back for an episode next week where we're talking specifically about the Bucks. But we had to rap about the strange world, strange, strange world we're living in right now. Uh, you can follow us on the free and easy to use Himalaya podcasting app and all the places we get podcasts. Make sure to follow Locked On MLB on both Twitter and on Instagram. There's lots of fun things going on there. And check me out. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. And subscribe to Bull Durham Minute as another feed. And have some fun listening to me talk about my favorite baseball movie of all time, which, as you probably gather from the title of that podcast, is Bull Durham. So, talking the lunacy, the Scorsese film that is Major League Baseball in January 2020 with Craig Toth. This is Locked on MLB for the 17th day of January 
2020. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Craig Toth, where can people call me? Please call me Sullivan. Done. <laughs>